Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer, still out there in New Orleans. And we are looking at a pretty fun Friday night slate to end this work week for you guys in the NBA. In this one, we're taking a look at the Pellies playing host to the Brooklyn Nets, who finally lost a game, uh, but there is no Zion in this one. So there's going to be some pretty good action, we hope. Uh, Want to make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We've got another game video up for you and our player props. So uh, continue to follow along with us each and every week uh, reg- week of this regular season. Uh, also want you to head to the lines.com. That's where we have our great written content for you guys, uh, all the stuff we talk about here, and our odds finder tool that you can use to make sure you're getting the best juice back on all those sports books offering odds this NBA season. Nate, let's jump into this Friday night slate and then talk about our game, Pellies and Nets. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got Bulls plus four and a half at the Sixers, who are going to be without Embiid. Otherwise, it'd be all over that for Philly. Blazers plus one at Indy, pretty high total, 237. This game, yes, uh, we are talking Pels. I'm staying nearly a mile from the Smoothie King Center, but not going to the game. Uh, Thankfully, I would be disappointed if Zion was out and I had tickets, but Nets are minus four, four and a half, depending where you get it, totals 231. The other game we break down, Knicks are plus three and a half at the struggling Raptors. Do like your Knickerbockers there. The Hornets plus 10 at the Bucks. The, the Wizards plus two at Thunder. Pistons plus one at Spurs. You got Cavs plus six at Nuggets. Looks like Donnie Mitchell's going to rest tonight. Clippers plus three at the Wolves. The Heat minus two at the Suns. And then uh, Hawks-Lakers rematch. The Lake Show plus two and a half at home right now, uh, despite just getting a win without LeBron. So uh, I think that's our, you know, our kind of bonus pick there. We like the Lakers at home. We do not like the Hawks. No, sir. Um Pelicans without Zion were able to get a win here against the Rockets, which is not really that impressive. And I'm just not really buying the fact that they still have a better offensive rating without Zion. I think a lot of that is three-point variance. I mean, they're hitting 14 threes at 40% versus 10 at 35%. And there's no way those are better looks when you don't have Zion sucking in the defense. It's just guys stepping up knowing like, look, I got to knock this down. This is our source of offense. And the big thing is their free throw attempts do drop off a cliff to a degree. I mean, five fewer per game, obviously no Brandon Ingram as well. So it's all about what CJ can do for you. And it's kind of a tough matchup. If Ben Simmons is going to be out there hounding him Um, in his last three against Simmons, he's getting 17 points per game, shooting 39 from the floor, 22 from downtown in his last five against Brooklyn. One of those with Simmons, but otherwise just, you know, the Nets defensive scheme, which was not very good in four of those. CJ only 16 points per game on 33% field goal shooting. And right now the Nets are playing great defense, um, of course, under Jacques Vaughn. On the road, number one in two-point percentage allowed, and the Pelicans don't really hit threes. That's why I'm, again, saying this is a free-throw variance thing. Number six, paint points allowed. Number five, limiting assist to field goal. So if you say like, oh, stars out, they're going to share the ball. You know, that's not really something the Nets give up either. Where they do struggle is the free throw attempts. So that's why I look at that and look at the fact that the Nets finally lost a game. This has happened their 12-game skid by giving up 29 free throws to Chicago uh, on the road here. They did limit Chicago eight for 20 from three. So, I I mean, looking at a Zionless team, that isn't going to be able to pound them in the paint like that and get to the line and probably isn't going to have as much success hitting threes. Um, I definitely like the Nets here. 
the the four and a half points is a is a little much, maybe. I mean, they're they're right around that in this kind of situation. You know, five and a half margin of victory as favorites, twenty and seven straight up, though. I, I kind of lean under though as well, because of what I'm saying with the Pelicans not necessarily being able to score. And, you know, the Nets, they have gone under in three straight road games. Um, the pace is down below 99. The Pelicans' pace drops without Zion. Um, and, I mean, it's other than Kyrie and KD, it's just a lot of really kind of 3 and D specialists. So it's not like there's there's a high volume of scoring from a bunch of guys here. Um, and, and that Nets defense has been really, really good in, in general under Jacques Vaughn. So, uh, 14 and seven to the under on normal rest for the Nets right now. Um, and for the Pels, if you say they have a rest advantage, which they kind of do because they coasted against the Rockets, they're five and O to the under on a rest advantage and going under by 17 points per game. I mean, it's just not a lot of a sample size here without Zion. It's only like uh, eight or nine games, I think this season and different guys have been in and out, but I think, I think their offense struggles a little bit uh, because he's out. Yeah, th- that's fair. Um, you know, if, if there's any, uh, just to be clear, do you like the total more or do you like Brooklyn to cover four? Uh, I think I like Brooklyn to win more. And on a huge slate like this, money line parlay with whatever else you want, I would consider Brooklyn money line parlay and the under or a teaser, whichever makes sense to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, because, I kind of just lean Brooklyn as my favorite bet, to be honest. And I, and I know four points uh, is a good amount, but I, I think they can cover that. Their offense is incredible on the road. Uh, and that's that's been the story. You know, it's been part of the story. I, I'm, I want to talk about the defense, but I will start off by saying the offense has been incredible on the road. Uh, I knew that already because of, of, of sort of looking at some of those stats in the last week or two and seeing that they're, they were scoring like 123 and a half points a game on the road over like a six game period or whatever, which was a, a absurd. Um, um, and, and then, you know, also because I was looking at some Knicks road stuff and realized, oh, yeah, the, the Nets still have the best offensive rating uh, on the road in since the month of December started. Right. So they're, they're, they've been doing it on, on both sides of the floor uh, because they also happen to have, uh, you know, like the second best defensive rating uh, over the course of their last roughly seven games as well. And, and that's, you know, a, a huge aspect of this game you really just nailed everything that I think all the angles that there are to look at, because if this game had Zion in it. You feel a lot better about the Pellies. Uh, this might this might not be a minus four uh, spread in favor of the Nets to that degree because of the fact that while the Nets have been you know middle of the pack, let's say in a lot of the categories that you need to be good at to stop a Zion led team, getting set up, limiting second chance points, limiting offensive rebounds, um, you know, and, and limiting points in the paint and everything around the rim, all that kind of stuff. Um, they're good at it, but where they've been really, really, really good over the course of the last roughly like six to, I'm sorry, all the way back to the beginning of their, uh, their win streak, like before they lost to Chicago, 12 games before that in those 12 games, they were number one in terms of limiting opponent three point makes opponent three point attempts. They were third and they were limiting, uh, and they had the second best opponent three point percentage. And, a lot of times you look at three pointers and you say there's a lot of variance. Are you making the threes, even if they're somewhat contested, but it's like, if you're limiting the amount that the team is taking and that they're making that there's over a 12 game period, like that's not just, you know, getting lucky that other teams are missing three. So I don't really buy any of that. I, I think there's a legitimacy to their wing defense as their wing players have gotten healthy uh, to, to the point that you were making a second ago as well. Um, and so, yeah, then, you know, when you look at their, their offense at this point, um, that's where I, I, 
think the Pellies are in a little bit more trouble uh, without, I know Zion, they, they do have a better defensive rating with Zion. I don't know how much you buy that to the same level that they have a worse offensive rating without Zion. It seems like there's a bit of an anomaly. It hasn't been over that large of a sample size, um, but there's almost the jaw effect going on. Not that they're better without Zion. They just seem to be posting certain better stats. So um, I, I would say for, for this one, like, like that's why I feel comfortable about Brooklyn. I, I feel I'm riding them. I, I don't feel bamboozled by this like sh- loss to Chicago. They they haven't covered the spread against Chicago in that situation in the last two seasons. Um, if you look at how, how they match up against them for whatever reason, Nikola Vucevic does his thing, etc. Um, so that you know they, they just sort of out nets the nets is the way the Bulls play, and this is not that that game for them. Um, maybe CJ is able to pull a ton of mid range shots out of his ass, but I don't think that's enough uh, to really contain what you've got to expect to be sixty points every night from uh, from Kyrie and KD combined almost. Exactly. I mean, those guys, 30 points per game for KD, 28 for Kyrie, both with an offensive rating over 122 and shooting a combined 55%, 42% from three. Um, Yeah, they're just, they're, they're, you know, they haven't lost back-to-back games since Kyrie came back from the suspension, since KD made those comments that whatever happened behind closed doors, they're eight and four straight up on the season after a loss, also eight and four to the under. So there is sort of a, bounce back with our defense, um, you know, theme here. And, and yeah, that Chicago loss, we kind of sniffed it out. We kind of mentioned in the player props, like this is going to be a high scoring game. Wouldn't be surprised if the bulls pull it out. Like you got to lose sometime. Uh, but I think the nets get right back to it here. And I mean, yeah, they were undefeated on the road in December and did cover in five of their seven wins there. The Knicks also seems like wrong team favorite here. I mean, I know they lost to Toronto, uh, two weeks ago at home. But like we said, um, you know, plenty of times you see a, a team bounce back with that revenge narrative. And look, it was kind of an anomaly. The Knicks were on that heater and, and then Pascal Siakam just has a career high, what, 54 uh, for it to both go over for, you know, unexpectedly and for the Raptors to win. Um, and right now the Raptors don't look like they're going over against anybody, um, you know, fresh off a 13 to 12 first quarter, uh, an overtime game in which they had an 89 offensive rating against the Bucks, And it still did not go anywhere near over finished with a 205 total. So I understand why it's been bet down four points. Um, if you are on board with that though, you're, you're, you should be taking the Knicks as well because they're, they're not going to lose another low scoring game with this Raptors team. We don't think, you say they're eleven and zero when they allow one hundred five or less. I believe they're seventeen and zero when they allow one hundred seven or less. So wherever you slice it, yeah, if it's a low scoring game, they're comfortable uh, for sure. Um, and this time they're playing the Raptors without RJ Barrett, who I, I don't want to disparage too much. I'm just not really a fan of his game, his shot selection. Thibodeau is not really a fan of his defense at times, and. It appears he's get Tibbs is getting much better effort without him um, because in four games their defensive rating is six and a half points better for a hundred possessions without RJ. Uh, they are playing at a slower pace, and gives you a better shot at the under there. It seems, um, but they're hitting more threes. They're getting to the line more often, and Julius Randle's kind of been unleashed, averaging thirty two, thirteen. And five and a half with 12 free throw attempts in those four games with, with RJ. He's averaging 23 points and six and a half free throw attempts. And he did have a nice game against the Raptors last time out. 30-13 on a 76% field goal shooting. 
Um, and, and Brunson back now. I mean, the Knicks are are really balanced. They're they're just looking very much in control of their system. And the Raptors, I mean, the bottom falls out of their offense all the time. They, I mean, they basically had the worst half court offense. This is a good transition defense that they're facing. So they're going to have to try to score in the half court. And if Siakam doesn't have it cooking like that again, where are they going to turn? I mean, Fred Van Fleet continues to struggle with his shot. He's, he's shooting 31% from three in his last seven. Um, and, you know, the Knicks are just giving up nothing in the paint. So you're going to have to hit some outside shots right now uh, against this Knicks team. And then that's the biggest difference, um, you know, between this time and, and the last time that they played. Uh, they were the Knicks were on a heater. It was a little bit of a, 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 a not trap, but maybe let down almost. And and yes, yeah, Siakam got to the line eighteen times, and that's the biggest difference for for me in the last few weeks that the Knicks have been playing really in the month of December. Uh, and when they when they you know lost that game to the uh, the, the Raptors as sort of the anomaly in that month. What on on the um, well, and they were at home in that one where they've also been better uh, on the road, by the way. But in that game, sort of the anomaly or not the anomaly, but the the thing that changed for for the Knicks to to feel better about them in this one is they're not giving up 18 free throws to one player anymore. Uh, they've, they've gone from like 22nd in the league in the, in terms of the, uh, the free throw rate that they're allowing their, their opponents to shoot at. Uh, right. So just the amount of times purpose, like amount of possessions that they're getting at the, that are ending in a free throw for, for the Raptors, right? Like that at the time, the Knicks were awful at limiting that way better now, all the way up to eighth best over the course of the last few weeks in December. Um, so I think that's a huge part of it. The, the, the free three, Free throw disparity was 20 made free throws for the uh, the Raptors, who shot 22 uh, and 11 of 18 for the Knicks, uh, which is actually the amount that they lost by, which was seven points. Funny how that ends up happening. Um, and and you know, like I said, the way that they were playing at home and still to this day, like in really in the month of December, they were just a way better road team um, as they went five and two straight up, six and one against the spread. They had the best defensive rating for, for the month and the second best offensive rating uh, for any road team after those Nets that I mentioned the other video, who are like the best team ever on the road on offense right now um they have been playing at the fourth slowest pace have the knicks so you know uh, plenty of unders in that time frame as well but they've also had these low totals come at them uh as they've been increasing their defense you know all the way down to like 218 it's actually pretty common for them right now uh the thing that does worry me about the knicks which actually does feed the the sort of fuel for for an under here is they're scoring like most of their points with unassisted field goals. Uh, And all you have to do is watch like the second half for, for the Knicks. And it's clear that it's your turn, my turn with Jalen and, and, and um, Julius. The thing is that you're really making me realize that works when RJ Barrett is in there clogging things up. And it's becoming more and more obvious that like if Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall unlock something in each other, RJ Barrett's just in the way like we don't need another lefty who's mediocre from three and just puts his head down and drives to the basket we already have one of those and he's way better than you and taller so like do we re-sign Julius at this point knowing that the way that if we've if we've got Jalen if the Knicks have Jalen Brunson in-house the way that they do uh and it's clear that he makes Julius better and Julius makes him better when they have spacing without RJ in the way then like what you know I don't that's a, a conversation for a different time but that's why I like this game so much they don't need to play necessarily any kind of bully ball they don't need to take advantage of matchups uh where you know you don't trust the centers playing on Toronto they don't need to play like that at all right now they just they know that the, the Raptors are not able to make threes um and that the way 
way that they need to score is by being, you know, getting turnovers, getting out in transition and playing sloppily like that, mucking the game up and getting all those hustle points, right? Especially with the way Fred Van Fleet has, Fleet has been playing uh, on his 31% uh, from three over the last seven that he's actually been able to make the games in because he's missed a few in that time frame as well. Um, you know, all, all that stuff goes, you don't have any three-pointers to make. And I don't think you can, as long as Pascal's not getting to the free throw line 18 times and having another, you know, career performance of 52 points, like your offense is going to be a lot harder to come by against this team if they're not giving you easy baskets. And their offense is working with RJ not in there right now. Yeah, I mean, credit guys like Quickly and, and Grimes who are stepping up in his absence. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, when you talk, when you're bemoaning RJ Barrett's redundancy on this roster, you just again have to talk about how they extended him instead of what if they had Donovan Mitchell in his place right now? Uh, truly would be a contender. But for now, I mean, Quickly is, is looking like a great young guard. And, and in their last five, the Knicks limiting turnovers. Um, it has a lot to do with their spacing around around Jalen and Julius, and I think that that's something we'll see continue. And if you can limit turnovers against the Raptors and set your defense with Tibbs, obviously drawing up some good stuff to contain that that limited Raptors offense, really like the Knicks here. I think you just take the money line; it's like plus one forty right now. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up quickly and Grimes because that's the last point there too is like they are the types of guards that you need spacing uh, and wings that you need spacing with Julius uh, and Jalen allowing. And and you see it quickly, um, you know, numbers increase his efficiency because he's gotten to play more with the starters. And it's not just him on an island with nobody else on offense to score on that second unit with him. Uh, he's got a, a lot more help around him when he's on the court these days. And and, and so that's definitely leading, uh, contributing to the way that he's played as well. And, and the way that the offense looks in general with more speed, more youth uh, and, and a bit more shooting as well. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust check out the lines.com nfl megapod as matt brown steven andrus and adam candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate join the coast to coast podcast crew mondays through fridays as nate weitzer and josh lander bring you the best player props and game lines for major league baseball the nba and the nfl and tune in to beat the closing line twice a week as nicole russo mo nawara and eli hershkovich dive into nfl opening lines plus special guests from the sports betting world so subscribe rate and review to the lines podcast network the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and just jump right into our first player prop for tonight. Yeah, our player prop and also kind of our bonus game pick here is the Lakers to win at home against the Hawks. Um, won three in a row to end their road trip, including the last one without LeBron, uh, which you love to see if you want to take LeBron's assists along with his points because now the other guys have a little more, more confidence when he kicks him the ball, I mean, the assists have been down lately, but he did have nine dimes to along with 47 and 10 when he played this Hawks team uh, just a week ago in Atlanta. Atlanta right now giving up the most pain points and most assists over their last three games. We've talked about their home road splits for a while now. Uh, they're pretty rough. Um, and, of course, LeBron is just on a tear. His last four, when, when he was home, he was getting seven and a half times per game to go along with 32 and a half points, which is pretty much where this number is, 39 and a half points assists. I think you can tack on the rebounds um, at 48 and a half because Atlanta's playing with a, with a lot of pace right now. Uh, but I think you, you want to look at some, some double player performance doubles as well here. 
with LeBron, if you if you agree the Lakers are going to win, I mean, there is triple-double in a win at plus 1,400, but things that are far more reasonable, like 35 points in a win, plus 320, or double-double, plus 300. Uh, his, his scoring prop is at 33 and a half already, so 35 in a win. Doesn't seem that out of, out of the question here against a team that, again, is giving up the most pay points recently. Yeah, the most pain points are on the road, the most whatever points you want to score on them. Uh, and it's the year of Braun for sure right now in terms of uh, all of his points. And yeah, I mean, th- throw the assist in there as well. He is diming up all over the place. I mean, the only reason we haven't been talking about him even more over his last two games where he's you know scored 90 points is because there's other dudes scoring like 50 and 70. So it's been tough to find who we should be talking about right now. Uh, but Braun has been somewhat quietly uh, just having one of the best seasons that, you know, definitely with the Lakers and, and of his career as well right now. So uh, I'm going to go to a guy who we sort of, danced around talking about in our Pelicans uh, Nets video because we kind of talked about how if Zion was in, we'd be a little bit more fearful of the Nets, uh, you know, weaknesses on defense, if you will, which is definitely a little bit more down low around the painted area. Uh, and so without Zion, that means Joe Val is just way even more likely to cook. Uh, so Joe Val- Jonas Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas, excuse me, uh, 27 and a half points and rebounds. That's minus 110 on DK. He's been getting a bunch of dimes uh, and it's like seven or so uh, th- that he's been getting in uh, over the course of his last two games without Zion in there. Uh, so if you look at the points, rebounds, and assists, 20 and a half, it's just, it's minus 120 uh, just to add that up, you know. But like I said, the seven dimes over two games without Zion in the last two that he's played without him, like, you know, the three and a half a game, just needing to add the one more, it does decrease those odds for a reason, right? To get the extra assist in there. But if you just look at the points and rebounds uh, and what he does when Zion's not in, like I said, in the last two without him, his di- he's gotten the, the three and a half a game in terms of the assist, but he's also had eight. 18 points and 14 and a half boards that usage goes up to 29%. You definitely see them play through him a bunch more. That's also a reason for the assists. Um, without Zion since 2021, we're talking about 17 and a half a game uh, with about 12 boards. That was just in about 29 minutes per game as well. But I, I think you can expect him to be playing at least that tonight. If he's not, you know, run off the floor by, by those nets and this isn't a blowout, uh, then I think you feel good about that as well. Um, really, you know, since last year with Zion in there, it's about 23 points and rebounds combined. 24 minutes as you probably don't need him quite as much. Um, but last year when, when he did play uh, at home versus Brooklyn without Zion, 20 points uh, and 12 boards, also three assists in there. So yeah, like I said, the weaknesses for Brooklyn are, are those, uh, you know, down low against guys like Claxton. If you can bully him uh, with some, with some girth in some weight, like Joe Val possesses, uh, then I think you got to feel good about him getting 28 points and rebounds combined without Zion there. Yeah. Brooklyn seventh, most points per game to centers on the year, fifth, most, um, points in the last five uh, of seventh most rebounds. That's what I have there. So yeah, the points of the boards make sense. And, and the minutes is really the thing is that Joe Val, the spacing isn't as awkward when there's no Zion out there. They just kind of play through him in the post and that's where he gets those easy assists. So all he has to do is, is draw a little bit of a, a stab from a defender on the wing, whip it out, and maybe he gets an assist off that. So tack those on if you like. Uh, I'm looking at rebounds and assists mostly here for Mr. Kyle Kuzma against the Thunder team. That's been a lot of fun uh, lately. They're not they're not strictly tanking. They, I mean, they're they're winning games, but they're playing in a real freewheeling style, especially at home, scoring 125 with a 103.2 pace in their last four at home. So Washington at OKC here, which which is playing their third game in four nights, by the way. So again, should be pretty free flowing. Should be plenty of stats. 
and no Bradley Beal. Kuzma's stats are not exactly what you would expect without Beal. It's actually the exact same usage rate. Um, he's actually more efficient with Beal uh, and scores more points per game. But his peripherals do go up, particularly his assists, as, as he's more of a playmaker, also hits more threes. In any case, with, with Beal missing about half the games in the last month, uh, Kuzma's been getting 23 points, seven boards, four assists about. Um, I think he goes over on those peripherals. It's 12 and a half rebounds assists for plus odds right now. And his last three against against OKC, you know, since he joined Wash, he's getting 14 rebounds and assists. Uh, and that's on just a 24% usage rate as he was kind of still getting um, acclimated to his new team. And now it's very much... You know, he's he's one of the primary playmakers for this team, maybe the primary playmaker when Beal sits, who is ruled out. Um, so I like I like Kuzma to fill up the statue here. I don't know if he gets his 20 points. That That is the prop. But I, I do think he'll get enough peripherals to help you out there. Well, I, I, I love Kyle Kuzma. He's one of my favorite players uh, in the league for sure. And, and I have plenty of explanations for some of the stuff that you just said there, uh, which I think was all spot on. There's a reason that he gets more assists when Bradley Beal's not in. That's pretty obvious. Uh, the defense is collapsing on him a lot more, meaning he has to kick it out. The thing is, is whether Bradley Beal is in there or not, Kyle Kuzma's getting his, right? Because he's like 6'10", uh, big-bodied, and is really down to shoot from pretty much anywhere on the court right now. Uh, so, you know, he's chucking. He's putting it up, and he's getting his shots whether Beal is in there or not. It's just a matter of, is he more open when Beal is in there because they can't collapse on him as much, right? So his field goal percentage goes down, his assists go up because he's got to get rid of the ball. And when he doesn't, he's taking, you know, more covered shots essentially. So I, I agree with you to be a little bit more hesitant on the points, even though someone's got to score for them, um, which they've got plenty of that, by the way. But I, I, I love your bet, the way that you're posing it with the rebounds and assists is my main point. It's likely he get 10 boards uh, in this game, very, very likely. So that already gets you uh, meaning you only need three assists to get that plus 104 money if you take that bet on Kuz tonight. So uh, I'm going to finish things off with a guy that we haven't had the opportunity to talk about much this season, but now we do because JoJo Embiid is out for the Philadelphia 76ers, which means insert Tyrese Maxey stats. You could probably talk about James Harden as well, but he's just been one of the best playmakers in the league all season, regardless uh, of if Embiid is in there or not. I believe he's scoring or assisting on the, mo the highest percentage of points uh, of anybody in the league right now. But Tyrese Maxey's in, and that means he is now at least second banana um, for sure. To, to, to Harden, and there's going to be a lot more uh, space and pace for this team, which is great for Tyrese Maxey and his speed. Um, 22 and a half points is what you can get that at at FanDuel. That's minus 108. Uh, when I looked at this uh, elsewhere, this uh, you know places like DK, uh, it's 21 and a half, but it's like minus 140 on the odds there. So you're getting pretty much close to even money for, for him to get 23 points. I would add that extra one. Uh, without Embiid, five games this season, I mean, it's, it's easy. 31 points a game uh, in those five without Embiid. 38.6 minutes per game with a 30% usage. Um, and he's been coming back from injury, but I believe he's back. He's, he had 37 minutes uh, in their last game out that they won uh, 29 uh, minutes the game before, 19 before. So he's been steadily increasing from 19 to 29 to 37 uh, in these last games. I think you can expect him to have plenty of minutes tonight uh, as he's, like I said, been averaging close to 40 uh, in the games that Embiid doesn't play. And then, you know, playing Chicago, Caruso questionable, not sure if he's going to be there. That's huge for their, you know, defense, but you got to expect him to be on Harden uh, in this one as 
as well as sort of point guard to point guard, if you will, uh, which le- is the reason that Chicago is not quite as good at guarding opposing shooting guards in their last seven. They're allowing uh, the fifth most points to opposing shooting guards on the season. They're already in the bottom 10 uh, overall. So it's, it's, a, it's an exploitable position, uh, especially if Maxie's going to hit some threes, which he shoots about eight a game in those games that uh, Embiid doesn't play. So it's all just looking pretty like a, a decently high scoring game uh, if, if Philly can definitely continue to hang along. And, and I think Chicago's offense has been rolling as well. So plenty of points to be scored. Maxie to get 23 feels right. Yeah, if Caruso's out, uh, you know, giddy up on this pick for sure. Uh, they're, they're not going to be able to slow Maxie down. I think he probably still gets his even if Caruso's playing. But, uh, I mean, dude was only able to get go three minutes. He's been against Brooklyn their last time out. He's been in and out of the lineup and, and tapping out of a few games with that nagging injury. So, yeah, I mean, Maxie skyrocketing usage without Embiid. Uh, I, I think this is a great pick to, to round things out here for the week. Hell yeah. So rounding out this week, and that is all the time that we have for you. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Check out the other couple game videos we have up for you on this big 11-game slate to end this work week. And until we see you next, happy betting. Let's go.